Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday afternoon, May 22nd. We're almost to the end of May. Uh, more people live in my house today than, than the last time I was on the podcast. Uh, Richie, I know that you've had a, a good weekend, but maybe a less eventful week than I've had. But how are you doing? Far less eventful. Uh, we, we have not welcomed <laughs> any new human beings into our house this weekend. Um, bonus, There's still time. I guess. There's still time. <laughs> There's not. Somebody usually up. takes about nine months according to the uh, Google, but I'm, I'm not a biologist. I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, we've had a great weekend, actually. Just really relaxed last night. Uh, got after cleaning the house today. Uh, got a nice ribeye on deck for tonight. Had some burgers for lunch. Uh, really excited. Great sports day. F1. Uh, the Lightning take care of business. Florida softball. You know, they a rough first game. Great start to the second. PGA Championship right now. Just so many great things going on. Just honestly, a great sports Sunday. Yeah, no, it's been a ton of fun. Um, obviously, alluding to uh, Karen, I welcomed another baby to the family. So, yeah. um Brian and Elena man. have a yeah. thank you very much. No, thanks for thanks for holding it down with Coach Jones. We were getting home as you uh, as you did your interview with Coach Jones, and so I flipped I it think on. You were texting and, Coach Jones as like yeah. I was starting the interview with him. So yeah, was I awesome. was like, oh, yeah. I was just like, hey man, uh, <laughs> you know, he told me to call him and let him know, and then I was like, they just discharged us from the hospital, so like I'm I got everything loaded up in the yeah. car, and then I gave him a call. Um, Cause I didn't want to call, you know, like I talk on the phone when I'm in the car, but like with a newborn, I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. So anyway, <laughs> I called from like the parking lot of the hospital, but yeah, Brian and Elena have a new baby brother. Lincoln Thomas was born on Thursday afternoon, awesome, man. Um, mom and baby all healthy and everything's good. Um, so our house is a little bit crazier now. Um, you know, if, if you chat on the phone with me often, like Harlan does, you'll, you'll hear more babies screaming in the background, but, uh, Thankful for a, a healthy delivery and a good first couple of days. Didn't get a lot of sleep that first night home, but he did a lot better last night. And so in turn, Karen and I did a lot better. So um, hopefully he'll continue to kind of grow and get bigger. The newborn stage is so wild because they're, you know, I mean, they're cute. And all they do is sleep on you and it's adorable. But you're just like, man, they are so fragile. <laughs> like I love Brian's like two-year-old age. I just bought a new um, table for our back patio. And I had it delivered and it's like right now it's in the garage and he just went running out the garage door and like ran right into it because he's just reckless and doesn't so like, but it doesn't matter. Right. Like he's too, he bounced off, started crying. Like he went back to playing like a minute later. And, and like, the thing with TJ is the thing with newborns. <laughs> like my sister was just here last week with a, her newborn and just barely a two year old. Like the, they don't act all the same. They're, like it's not yeah. like people think. Like, and we don't have kids, so I'm not gonna try to act like I'm an expert parent. But th there's no like uh, you know catch all rule book. Like, oh, this is how you handle a, a newborn. It, they're all yeah. different, which is crazy to me. Which makes a lot of sense because like we're three, we're a nation of what 330 million people. We're all pretty different. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, Bryant was my middle child. Was absolutely wild. Um. Elena was pretty chill and this baby seems to be somewhere in the middle. So again, it's, <laughs> it's early. Haven't made up that determination just yet, but he doesn't, he's not the most chill, but he's also not crazy or anything like that. Yeah. So um, anyway, fun week, exciting week. Thanks for holding it down. Again, if you guys missed the interview with coach Trey Jones on the FSU men's golf team, go check that out. It's on your, wherever you're seeing this, you can scroll back. If it's on Twitter or Facebook, you can find it on YouTube, I or Apple music, Spotify, 
um, Stitcher, wherever you listen, Google Play, and you can check out that interview. Really good stuff from Richie. Quick interview, 15, 20 minutes, um, but chatted with Coach before they head out to the national championship this week. Um, Double Fries, No Slaw, brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both locations, 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate them for all their support. Um, we were given a, a couple of tickets for the FSU softball game, actually the entire day. Uh, we were given tickets for the um, – Sydney Sherrill just blasted one foul. You get the live reaction here while, while I'm watching this. But we were given a couple of tickets to the game. <laughs> somebody sent them to me and said, hey, give these away to somebody that follows the, the pod account. And so I put out, if anybody wants two free tickets to the game tomorrow, hit us up. And somebody said, I'll go get Guthrie's tonight if you uh, if you give me the tickets. And I said, sounds like a winner to me. So shout out to Guthrie's who got an extra uh, sale. And shout out to, uh, I don't want to say who, I don't say who gave us the tickets because I don't want to put them on blast. But shout out to the people that, you know, couldn't make the game today. And um, gifted those tickets to somebody else as the team is up 3-1 right now in the bottom of the fourth. Two out, so, Sydney batting. So need this win. Um, let's get into it, Richie. Uh, we have... Really some like kind of major college football news and then um, some perspective news and then some other some other kind of uh, fun stuff for us today. Not a, a little bit with uh, FSU as we get to the middle of it as far as football goes and then some national drama that we can kind of get into and then we'll kind of go around the horn and get out of here so that we can hopefully see the end of this softball game and the uh, – the end of the PGA championship. I know Richie's watching that, but uh, the NCAA is starting to announce the end of divisions. Um, it very much looks like um, several conferences are eliminating divisions and going to pods, um, which is definitely interesting, right? So the ACC you have here is likely moving to a three, three, five model. What's that mean? Yeah. So that would just basically mean that they have three permanent opponents every year, um, and then another three and then it, you know, so three home, three away every year. And then mm -hmm. the five extras, um, uh, between five other ACC opponents moving beyond that. Um, but we assume basically it will be Clemson and Miami, but right. The ACC, the, the, the whole thing they're trying to do is make money on this TV contract. So you need Florida state Miami, you need Florida state Clemson every year. I think it's very safe to assume that we're going to have Florida state, and Miami as permanent uh, rivals. That's the toughest pod. That's crazy. By far. That's the yeah, it is. Yeah. Which which is what which brings... will have the toughest one, right? Like Clemson will get another. I mean, that'll, they'll probably have like Wake or something in there. Yeah, they won't have right? Miami. Yeah, Miami yeah. will have. Like I hope they have Virginia Pittsburgh Tech or at something. least. Maybe. Yeah. Like I don't know. Probably like, not. That'd be going across divisions at that point. I would think your your top three. Oh well, I guess Miami's across division for us. Yeah, there are no, no divisions. Who's, who's Clemson's? Point. Who's Clemson's team that they play every Georgia year? Tech? Yeah, Georgia Tech. They'll probably keep Georgia Tech, which is smart. Yeah, so, so we'll have Georgia Tech, Florida State. But now it comes out who do we want? Because I don't know about you. I think the one that makes the most sense to me is Georgia Tech. They are the closest school geographically to mm -hmm. Florida State, and it, it's just a natural rival to me. But if not them, like give me Duke or someone, right? Like I don't want yeah. NC State. I don't want someone who's going to be a thorn in our side every year. And obviously this, this goes for all sports, but we're talking football specifically. Georgia Tech makes the most sense to me. I don't know about you, man. Yeah, I mean, I want to keep I would want to keep Miami. I think that's a really mm -hmm. important one. I honestly don't care about keeping Clemson. Like I don't I that doesn't I don't either, but I think the I, ACC does. 
yeah, I, I don't I don't care about keeping Clemson at all. I mean, to me, that's never really been a rivalry. They've been really good when we've been really bad. We were really good when they were really bad. There were a couple of years of overlap, like 20, 2000, I don't know what, 2009 to 2000, you know, uh, 12, 13, 14, you know. And so, I don't know. I don't, I've never really considered that a rivalry. I know that people think that, oh, when Bobby and Terry were playing, or Bobby and uh, Tommy were playing, like it was the Bowden Bowl. But I mean, I just, I never really, I don't know. I feel like we just still always dominated them for years. And now they've dominated us for, you know, since what, 2015. So to me, that's not really a rivalry. I agree. I think the ACC is going to want that to be a game that happens every year. Maybe, which the ACC is not really smart. So don't take this for gold. But I think the smartest thing that the ACC could do would be to not put Clemson and Florida State together because you're, essentially giving those two teams an easier path to then get to the conference championship. Right. And so, you know, that said, I mean, you probably, yeah, maybe I'm even doubting myself by saying that that said, you probably would rather have Clemson Florida state every single year, as opposed to the chance that you get them in the ACC championship. Right. Cause that's, that is the biggest ACC game of the year. Just about every year, even this year, like when it was really, really bad for us, like that game was huge. It was a 330 kick. You know, that game's just always going to be big. So who do I want? Yeah, I mean, Duke, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse. Like that's who I want, you know? Like, you know, give me the three easiest games possible. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. So realistically, I mean, Miami, Georgia Tech, and then somebody else easy. Like I don't, I don't want Clemson in it. And I don't care what you know people think about it. I want the easiest path possible. Probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be Georgia Tech, Miami, and Clemson. Uh, and and to, the, to be fair, I think Georgia Tech does offer an easy path, right? Because they're a school that, you know, 10 years, they're going to have two years. in Atlanta, where, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, well, in a 10-year span, they're going to have two or three years where they kind of, you know, do compete for the division championship, which divisions will be gone at this point uh, in this hypothetical. Um but realistically, it's just it's an easy win. It should be. I know we have a bad history at Lenham. The Marcus Sims fumble, the Roberto Aguayo uh, the kick six. Yeah. Oh my God. But I, I do think that that's the team you'd want. And, you know, I, I think outside of Florida, in fact, I know this for a fact that Atlanta has the highest Florida State alumni population of any city in the country outside of the state of Florida. So I, I think there's a lot of benefits built in there. And you could build a natural rivalry. Like, obviously, Georgia Tech doesn't show up. Their fans don't show up in droves when they come to Tallahassee. But if we're playing them every year, you know, going from Atlanta to Tallahassee, I do think their fans would would be more invested and say, yeah, this, this is cool because, you know, this is the school that built the ACC, Florida State. And it's a chance to go there every other year and host every year. Um, I've never been to Atlanta for a football game, TJ. I don't know if you have. I've been there for an ACC championship game against Duke, uh, some other different events. But I was there for the kick six, bro. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I would love to I go was to also there for the for Houston game. game. I was also there for the Houston oh, game. Yeah, so Atlanta. Man, you, you're trying and to convince the me Atlanta's not and the place the Bam, to be. Yeah. And the Bama game. Bam, oh, my goodness. <laughs> now you're really convinced me, but I still think you, Georgia bro. Tech. I still think Georgia Tech's a team. If not, like I said, Duke, sure. I saw there were some comments from the ACC meetings in Amelia Island where Alford said, you know, he wanted Syracuse. That does nothing for me. 
And I think it does nothing for the athletic department as a whole. Um, you want a team that, again, it's we're easy talking, win, bro. Easy wins have been hard to come by. Yeah, but we're talking financial constraints and whatnot. Like Atlanta, any team can hop on a bus and go there. Syracuse, take some planning. You you need a hotel, you need a plane, you need all this extra stuff. Yeah, it might be an easy win, but what does it really offer you? I, do we I do we drive Georgia to it? Do we drive to Atlanta? Football does it. Every other sport does. Every okay. other sport. I was going to say. We certainly I, I think even basketball roster. drives to Atlanta, which do they really? Happen, but I believe they do. It should never happen. It's like a no. 30 minute flight, but every other sport drives to Atlanta hundred percent, including the band, even when the football team flies to Atlanta. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's fine. You know, like that's a, it's not a revenue producer. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but another interesting one is maybe uh, Virginia, you know, that, that was a big one. I mean, we literally used to play for a trophy. It was called the Jefferson Epps trophy. Yeah. Um, so Virginia would be an interesting one to me and kind of a fun one. Like to me, I don't know, Georgia Tech, it, I don't know. I don't know that Virginia is much more exciting than Virginia than Georgia Tech is. They're they're kind of on par, kind of about the same. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to be um, – I think it's going to end up being Clemson, Miami, and Georgia Tech, which – the way we struggle with Georgia Tech and the fact that Clemson and Miami are – I mean, most years Clemson and Miami, even when we get back, are going to be – that's going to be two coin flips. I mean, that's just tough. Those are tougher divisions than anybody. You know, you look at a team like um, like Florida, if they go to pods, theirs are going to be uh, Georgia, you know, Georgia auto LSU. <laughs> See, LSU, LSU might be their one that stays from the rotation. So, like, they're just really tough, too. Like, just tough rivalry games. Yeah, and know, then they, other... they maybe get Mizzou, which isn't easy. It's not a cakewalk. Even Kentucky, like, that's tough. Like, yeah. so the SEC I, is much rougher than the ACC. I think there's we can definitely probably make state Ten- make... There's probably State Tennessee in my get. Like, I think that's the biggest oh, rivalry. True. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Their, true, true. That's a really big yeah. rivalry. So, um, so, anyway, i got different people asking, can the ACC do pods? Four pods instead of three. Of four would be interesting. I think do pods of four. Would that interest you at all, Richie? Somebody asked about that. It, it would for sure. I I think Georgia Tech for sure at that point. And then you can open the door. And I'm I'm kind of with what you just said, Virginia at that point. Because I, I we do recruit the DMV area pretty heavily. Uh coach Odell uh, Odell Higgins made it has made a name for himself in that area. Uh Kalen LeBourne. Uh, I can't imagine how much longer he's around though. He won't be, but Florida State as a whole has made major thanks, yeah. thanks to Coach Odell. Yeah. Um, so, so I think Virginia's a good one. I, I wouldn't want it to be like an NC State UNC Duke, like whatever. It, it makes Duke would be fine with me. Duke would be Duke fine would be for fun. football purposes, but that means we also have to play them basketball twice. The pods year, are going right? to happen in every sport. This is happening in every sport, or just this one? I don't it's know. It's not happening in basketball. I'm just, is it? I'm saying, but 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 if we're playing Duke every year in football, I would assume they become a one of our mainstays in the home and home in basketball. And I, I don't want any part of that, especially with NIL. But yeah, I mean, I, if they do go to four teams, uh, I, I'd be open to a Boston College or Syracuse at that point, because you have Clemson, Miami, and Georgia Tech, if we're assuming what we think will happen. Okay. So our regional at this point, yeah, give me Boston college or Syracuse, but don't give me a Notre Dame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do want an easy win on there. Yeah. No, it's definitely kind of interesting to think about. It's interesting to see what, what will happen with it, right? Yeah. Where, where it'll go, what'll happen with it. Um, yeah. If it was four, 
UF, UGA, UK, and USCE. See, I think they'd keep one of the ones. See, on that for UF, I think that they'd yeah. keep one of the ones from the cross division. So they're going to keep yeah. somebody from they'd the keep West. Yeah, they're going to keep I don't LSU. know if basketball will go to pods like this because the LSU's way the basketball. Clemson, right? I'm sorry? LSU's Florida's Clemson, right? Uh, like the, you have to keep it. No, LSU would be. F- yeah, for, for, for Miami. It'd be our Clemson. You know what I mean? No, that, uh, opposite I think division. Mi- I think it's for Miami. Year. Clemson's not our Clemson's in the same division as us. All right, so Miami, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd be fine with them. So I'm all about the easiest path, though. Well, I you am know. too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't care if they take Miami out. Honestly, if there's three teams and they I give do. us Duke, Syracuse, Duke, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech, fine with me. Don't care. And then we get I'd Miami every so I'd miss the Miami game, but I I'd be okay get I get yeah, I'd be okay getting rid of, right of Clemson before getting rid of Miami because Miami's not going to be as good as Clemson and. We play them every year. We got to play them every year. We're not. We're not going to be like Florida and say no. We don't want to play you anymore. Like we can't yeah. do that. So uh, some good news here: softball. Uh, you know, in the fifth inning right now, top of the fifth, two on for Mississippi State. Catherine Sandercock coming back into the game. She kind of left abruptly. Oh, A lot of people kind of wondered right? if there was some kind of issue there. Um, you know, Coach uh, answered in a post game in the in the end game. Um, interview that they, you know, she didn't say there was nothing wrong. She just basically said like, Hey, we're going to need all the arms we can the rest of the weekend. I don't know if that was FSU kind of conceding the game or just trying to save her for later because it was late and not have as much miles on her arm, but she comes into the fifth inning in kind of a tight spot um, game tying run on base, but uh, one out, see if she can kind of wiggle out of it. So I don't know. I- I'm interested to see it I- again, Miami Clemson, Georgia tech, that's fine. I mean, it's that's what it's going to be. So I, you know, I'm not going to sit, sit here wishing for too much more because that's just what it's going to be. Um, how about this? NCAA lifts the 25 max scholarship count for the next two years. Teams still have to remain at 85 scholars or fewer. Opens the door for all teams to get um, to 85 immediately, despite attrition. Um, do you have a take on this? My, t- I, do you want to hear my take? I mean, maybe you'll like my take. Maybe you won't. But I have a yeah. Do you have one? You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. I think it's great because every year, you know, what really screws this up for a lot of teams is when players at the transfer portal, you can only take 25 players without it to be high school recruits or the transfer portal. Um, so now you could essentially, if you have a, a amazing attrition, like, you know, 10 plus people guy, 10 plus people leave, you could take 35 players at this point. But I think where it becomes really intriguing is what it does to the transfer portal this summer, right? Because I think right now, Florida State, you know, we're not at the 85 limit where I think we're 81 right now. But you're not going to rush to take guys that could just fill out the 85 this year, knowing next year you can take 40 players and fill out the 85. So you may have been hoping on that portal like we we kind of all were, and it, it didn't really happen like we thought it would. Only for us to say, okay, you know, we'll 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 go into the season with 81 scholarships, and next year after attrition and everything else, we'll take on 32 new players. So I, I do think it's interesting. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how coaches handle this because it's a situation where I, I do love and appreciate the fact they did not let us go over 85 scholarships. Right, that would have been a disaster. The Alabama's, Ohio State's, Texas A&M's of the world would have just destroyed all of us. So th- there is a still the cap on 85 scholarships. 
but every team is on the same playing field saying we can sign the max players to get us to 85 this year. I think it's really good news for Florida state. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's a big deal at all. Like, I don't think it's, okay. I, I don't, I don't see it as a net positive or a net negative. And here's why, because, and what I do wonder is, is it's basically the same thing as like the plus seven that existed this year. Like where, if you, if you, if you had X, if you had up to seven players enter the transfer portal by X date, then you could, you could bring in seven more people. So that made your number 32, right? You're never really going to have situation. I mean, it's possible, right? Like maybe with like a new regime in their second year and you have a lot of attrition, maybe you'd bring in more than 32 guys, but like you're never really going to have a situation where you bring in more than like 32 people, right? Like it's possible, but it's just not, I mean, you're not bringing in 40 new difference makers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's half a 40 is half a roster. So like everybody like flipped out about this and like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so bad for, and I was just like, you know, the Alabamas of the world are just going to absolutely dominate. I I just, I don't think that's the case. Cause like right now, the number this year was 32 and you're not really bringing in more than people aren't going to be bringing in 40 new people, right? Like the team chemistry would be terrible there. So I just don't think this is a big deal at all. I think this is really good for teams in like their second year of a new regime. I think that, you know, like, okay, here's a good one. Florida. This is a good thing for Florida next year, right? They brought in Napier. They've brought in some transfers, but they've lost a lot of guys. They're nowhere near the 85. Like they haven't picked up a bunch of guys in the portal. So next year they're going to need guys like this year. They could fill out the roster like through Juco and, through a bunch of other stuff, but they'll choose not I, you know, to. Yeah. That, yeah that's why like this just, becomes a big deal for next year. Like you mentioned. I, yeah. I just don't think, but next year, this could be really good for them. But like, you know, say Florida state goes eight and four in it this year, or seven and five, whatever we think they're going to do somewhere between there. Like most of their rosters coming back again, right? They're just going to sign a normal signing class and just kind of move on. Now, say you go four and eight and bring in a new coach. <laughs> this is a big deal in two years. So <laughs> exactly for your average program, like I don't think Alabama is going to be like, see this and be like, okay, well we're bringing in 45. No, the, the top year. programs, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio just, State, USC, Oklahoma, like they don't care. Yeah. They don't right, care. You're, you're already playing with all the chips. Like you don't, I don't know. I just, people made this a big deal. And I just didn't think it was a super big deal. If you think it's a big deal, you can add me. So um, Mississippi State. I think it's a big deal for single. Florida State. I don't think it's a big deal for the playoff contenders. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing for Florida State. People were like, no, oh my God, this no. is the end of Florida. The program is getting, and I'm just like, I don't well, know. Well, no, I think one thing I saw was a lot of people assumed it meant no scholarship limits, meaning you would have like 120 guys on scholarship like Bear Bryant's hat had in Alabama back in the Correct. day. When he put the 85 on, is still on, the 85. On, on track scholarship. So it's still 85 right. scholarships. So 85 is 85. So that's why I'm not concerned because at the same time, these five stars that are sitting behind players at Alabama and Clemson and Georgia, they're still going to look to leave, right? And Florida yeah. State's going to have a chance. Of, unfortunately, we don't have a chance currently at getting these five stars out of high school, but we got a decent track record and a pretty good chance to get them in the transfer portal, which unfortunately is where we kind of have to live the next 18 months or so. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, Carol makes a good point. It's it's good for teams wanting to rebuild. It's good for teams that yeah. need to make an impact quickly. Yeah, Alabama's of the world are, are not, um, you know. Uh, I live with an Alabama fan, so I'm just disgusted by thinking about this. That's okay. That's terrible. 
Uh, softball team down 4-3 after oh, a oh, what happened? After a uh, couple of hits here in the fifth inning. Um, so runners on the corners now for Mississippi State. Fifth inning, so nine outs left to go for Florida State. Um, not over yet, but it is getting to worry time. Big, big season yeah. this year. Uh, need to find a way to come back here. Um, moving on, I do want to shout out Garnet and Gold while we're on here. Garnet and Gold yeah. is – the absolute must-stop shop if you are in Tallahassee uh, for hopefully a super regional appearance next week um, or any football games this year, basketball games, anything you're there for, hit up Garnet and Gold. Um, we appreciate them and their support of this podcast and everything that we do. If you're shopping online, which is what you should be doing, you should use code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, for 15% off at garnetandgold.com. If you're in Tallahassee, you can uh, – Use the code NOSLAW and pick uh, in-store pickup. Save 15%. If you were going to go shop there anyway, shop it online. Order will be ready for you, and you can save 15%. Don't walk up to the cashier and say no slaw because they're not going to they're look at you all wild. <laughs> that works at Guthrie's. It doesn't work at Carnegie Gold. Um, yeah, my buddy Mike's watching this. UCF just won their regional. So first time they've hosted, um, and they uh, win their regional in dramatic fashion against Michigan. Um, so um, – Good for them. Good stuff for UCF, and yeah, not things not looking, um, not looking good for. for we'll just move on from stuff. Oh, so, uh, uh, Tim Brewster was ro- rumored to be uh, joining uh, this staff in an off-field capacity. I got to take care on this too, but uh, you have any thoughts on uh, on Tim Brewster? Uh, and then it came out that he would not be joining the staff. Um, any thoughts on Tim Brewster? Um, not being added to this staff at this point. I, I think it would have caused a lot of excitement with FSU fan base because Tim Brewster, mind you, when he worked with under Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, he brought in guys like Dallin Cook, Erlon Main, um, like five-star elite players. But at the same time, he's not the same Tim Brewster he was in 2010, 2011. Um, probably a good thing for Florida State, honestly, because he's not taking an off-field job without eyeing an on-field job the next year, whether that be at Florida State or somewhere else. So I, you know, I, I definitely understand Mike Norvell's interests in, in saying, hey, what, what kind of role are you looking for? But at the same time, I, I don't think it was a good fit. And, you know, we have Chris Thompson. If you had said Chris Thompson, hey, man, you got to go. We're bringing Tim Brewster on. I, honestly, I probably would have been supportive of that uh, move. But I, I don't like a guy sitting in an off-field role, eyeing an on-field role, knowing like after the season, if he can't get one here, he's going to go somewhere else, right? Like he's going to take the first on-field job he can get. So I, I think it was best for all parties involved. Uh, Tim Brewster, I, I don't know how much juice he has left on the recruiting trail, but if he does, let him take it somewhere else. I, I don't need it here right now. I'm, I'm not sure about you, TJ. Yeah, I uh, I have no issue with, not bringing Tim Brewster on. I heard he was kind of a, you know, not to disparage people terribly, but when you act like when you're when you're when your reputation precedes you, like it just is what it is. Um, yeah, I just don't, you know, don't always treat people the right way. I've heard that from several different people, former players. Obviously, there are some former players that absolutely love him, just like there would be with anybody, but uh not not a great fit. Um, 
you know, Newberg was on the spaces on Friday and, and James Coleman said, you know, he's not a good fit. Newberg said, yeah, you know, snakes don't usually fit in the locker room. So I think there's a reason <laughs> that he, um, you know, isn't on Jimbo's staff still at AM. A reason that Mac Brown cut him loose after a year. And um, I love I unemployed he, Newberg just throwing shots because he I has no, no one to answer to at this point. He's no, like, yeah, no I, big I deal. Say whatever I want. Yeah. Um, and then, the, you know, obviously it was Mullen last year. I mean, they didn't do anything impressive on the recruiting show. No. So I just don't, you know, Brewster got a lot of hype for hitting up a lot of recruitments um, while Jameis Winston was literally winning games um, by himself. Exactly. Not by himself. The, the roster was good. But, you know, he got a lot of, you know, he recruited really well when we were the best team in the country, you know, and, yeah. and when Jimbo was absolutely at his peak. And so I don't know how much uh, – um, I don't know how much, you know, Tim Brewster really had to do with that. I think that he did a great job for what he did. You certainly could have done yeah. worse, but, um, you know, I think he I could have recruited. That, he was I a think beast I, in his prime. I, th- I think yeah. he just passed his prime right now. Yeah, kind of washed. So, and not a good person. So, very glad that Florida State did not add him to the <laughs> sure. staff. Um, Rising Spear recently merged with 850, Warpath 850. Uh, several new ambassadors, Rodney Hill, Kevin Knowles, Amari Gander, Tatum Bethune, Trayshawn Ward, Kalen Deloach. A lot of guys, yeah. I don't have a massive take here, but it does sound like, um, you know, Rising Spear has things really rolling and really going well with a lot of the athletes on our campus. And so I'll give them a quick plug. You can go to risingspear.com and follow them on social media. I think it's Rising Spear NIL everywhere. And um, if you're not contributing, if you're not donating to them and the boosters, we certainly would encourage you to do so. Um, because they're doing really good work. I've had several conversations. We had Will Cohen on their CEO or their COO had several conversations with them and in, 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 in talks quite often with several members of their team and they do really, really good work. They don't take a dime for it. Um, they, they do a, a fantastic job. And so um, would encourage you to support them as well as the boosters who we, uh, who we shout out quite often. Uh, speaking of NIL, how about, uh, how about your old boy? Um, Saban says that Jimbo bought uh <clears throat> bought every player on their team. Uh, Jimbo called a press conference to basically just call Saban a piece of crap um, on Thursday morning. Um, what are your thoughts on the entire, you know, for those that don't know, you just Google it. Saban, you know, basically said that again, all of AM's class was purchased and didn't say there was anything wrong with that. Didn't say that that was illegal. Didn't say that anything inappropriate was done. Basically, was just saying, hey, if we want to win this, we we need to start doing what they're doing to his donors and boosters. Um, literally said, we have not done this. AM did, but because so many people are doing this now, I don't think it's sustainable for us to not keep doing it. Basically, just kind of like trying to rally the troops is what it sounded like. Obviously, Jimbo got super butthurt, probably because they went four and four in division in their uh, division last year in their conference last year, and he knows that they're not going to ever win anything of substance at AM, shout out the word substance. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the Saban Jimbo feud that we saw this week? I loved it. And, and honestly, I, I don't take a side either way here because Oh, I, I do. I'm team Saban on this. All right. So here's my <laughs> here's my take. I, I think what Saban said was 100 percent accurate. And I think what Jimbo said was 100 percent accurate, right? But Jimbo, I think he was hiding behind what we all know, like what the casual fan probably doesn't realize. Like, yeah, we know you didn't buy those players, right? But we know your collective did, right? Like, it's not like, let's be honest. They, 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 there's a fact that the Texas A&M collective had 30 plus million available for the national signing day class. 
and they spent every last penny on it, which is fine because it's allowed. I think Jimbo tried to take, you know, I, I think he tried to be upset because he's like, well, I didn't pay. The school didn't pay. Yeah, we know you didn't pay Jimbo. We know the school didn't pay. But we also know your boosters have that oil money. Texas A&M alumni are probably some of the wealthiest in the country, excluding Ivy League, Ivy League schools. Yeah, like that's what happens. But I also have to applaud Jimbo for calling out Saban when he said, you know, well, uh, Texas A&M, they had number one class, number two, and uh, they they paid all 30 of their players. Like, well, Jimbo's like, well, I didn't pay him. The school didn't play him. So it's hilarious to me. But at the same time, this is the actual reality of college football right now, right? Like, we joke about it. But as Florida State fans, I think we should be concerned because we don't have that money that Texas A&M has. And quite frankly, Alabama does not have that money either. And that's why Saban put this comment out. That's why he called this press conference. I think, or he didn't call it, but I, I know it was a special event, but he doesn't bring this up on accident, right? Like he knows if he wants to continue to win championships at Alabama, he needs to continue to get the best athletes and he's not getting them. If A&M is openly paying them millions of dollars in NIL money. So I do think Nick Saban was talk, as you mentioned, TJ talking to his booster saying, Hey, we're going to need some money to get these players because we can't compete with the oil money. And as a Florida state fan, it makes me that much more sad. Cause I'm like, man, oil money, we're, we're trying to compete with chicken tenders money over here. Right. And we're just not there, but my goodness, that sec West is disgusting. TJ, I would love to hear your take on what's going on there. Cause it's man, it's, it's so, brutal. So I don't, I I'm, I'm actually not as nervous about this whole NIL thing in general. Um, Schools like AM and Alabama and Michigan and Notre Dame and just wherever, like they've always had more money than FSU. And Fair. I understand now that it is a little bit more tied to like players. I mean, I think people think, you know, that it, it is different, which it is, maybe it is slightly different. But at the end of the day, like they've literally always had more money and their nicer facilities haven't gotten yeah. them more honest. championships yeah. there. Now, I mean, I mean, yeah, looking back at Michigan, Notre Dame before, you know, yeah. the fifties and stuff. Yeah. They, they do have more championships, but I, I don't, I don't, I worry about that a little bit less. I, I, I think in the very near future, it's maybe some worrisome with the teams that are just absolutely shelling out like incredible dollars. But I think eventually NIL will stabilize and things will become a little bit more normal with it. And so I don't really worry long-term. As far as, you know, the whole Jimbo Saban thing, I don't think that Saban meant it as like some big dig that Jimbo took it as. Like Jimbo, I think, just looked to get offended. And he's been the biggest horse's ass on this entire NIL thing. 100%. Out of Thank you, 100%. He, he has just been so defensive when it's really not necessary to be defensive. Um, and so, I don't know. It's just been weird to watch how Jimbo's moving on this thing. Um and I, I think that uh oh, Florida State first and third with one out, Edenfield. Oh, second and third with one out here in the bottom of the fifth. Edenfield coming up. I would not be shocked at all if they walk her. Um, I certainly would. <laughs> but I'm uh, watching golf, CJ. My, yeah. my reaction's off. I'm sorry. <laughs> so no, you're fine. But uh some exciting stuff. Maybe uh Flaherty had a fielder's choice, got to first, and uh Jani Kerr oh my God. 
Sorry, the PGA uh -oh. just took a wild turn at the last hole. <laughs> My goodness. I think they're calling Flaherty out for leaving a little bit early, which is This is not... what happens when we watch multiple live sport events as we try yeah, to do a yeah. live show. I told Richie we could uh <laughs> I told Richie we could do this after, and he was very much against this. So blame us. Anyway, I, I think that Jimbo has just looked. Oh my goodness. And Kerr comes back. Oh, two outs now and nobody on. Yeah, that is brutal. Um, man, that is not a good thing for uh for softball. That's a that's a oh. crucial mistake. Um, anyway, going back to this, yeah, I think Jimbo has stayed but heard about this situation for the 100%. entire time. Anytime anybody's brought it up, we do things the right way. He's very much we do things the right way. We we're not doing anything illegal, we're not, you know. And then he mentions, I don't even know anything about um the class. I don't know what they're doing. You know, I don't, I'm not involved with it. I don't know. Anything. So how can you know they're doing things the right way if you're not involved? So anyway, I yeah. think he's just kind of been a baby about it. So um, other than that, I don't have a lot, you know, I think the NIL will kind of stabilize. It'll all kind of get figured out. Yeah, Kerr does get a sure. single and uh, Edenfield will come up now. Two outs, one uh, runner on first, bottom of the fifth, if, if you're not watching. Um, okay. That's all I've got on the NIL stuff. You want to go around the horn and then we'll get out of here and watch the end of these games, matches yeah, and everything we'll, else. We'll through this real quick. John Butler signed an NBA con uh, signed an NBA certified agency, Rock Nation. He'll attend the NBA con combine, but can return to school. Deadline of withdrawal is June thirteenth. That's my birthday. Checks in at seven nice. five and a quarter. Uh, he's seven. He's got a nine four reach, one hundred seventy four and a fourth pound. Um, not a fourth. Point seven, 174 point four and four percent, four point seven percent body fat. Um, do you? I mean, I anticipate he will come back to um, yeah, like Florida State, really. Right? Really good numbers outside of that weight. Like the body fat's obviously impressive, 4.7. Like who wouldn't want that type of body fat? But 174, when he's playing a stretch four or five, that's not going to work out in the NBA. Um, I do think he comes back, but, you know, he did sign with Rock Nation, which is cool. I love, let me do this real quick. I just love that you can actually college basketball players and sign with an agency and still come back if they realize that's kind of crazy, status. isn't it? is not what it should be because in, in college you college football you can't do that so that's awesome um I, I think he'll come back but he's one of those players he's like um you know people look at him as like a Rashard Lewis type player right like like mm -hmm. maybe he's not ready right now but I can draft him early and in three years he's a guy that can be you know you know a top two top three player on the team potential is astronomical i hope he comes back but if he doesn't best luck to him um but if i put a 50 50 on it I, I i'd put a slight bet that he does come back um and then next year he could be a lottery pick like he's he's legit he has scouts that intrigued like right now he's probably a second round pick but if he comes back and has the year we think he could have he's a lottery guy and and good for him and we'll see like whether he goes or comes back doesn't matter good luck to him you know, wish him the best regardless. So I'd love him to come back, obviously, as a Florida State basketball fan. But, yeah, man, I, I do think he, he's not going to be rookie of the year like Scotty Barnes was, but he definitely has a chance to, you know, make a name for himself early on because he is the future of the NBA. And, again, I just hope John Butler comes back for one more year. Yeah, could be really, really good for the Hoops team if he does. Um uh softball obviously in the in the uh, game that we're talking about right now they've got two on with two outs in the bottom of the fifth chloe colt who had a couple of walk-offs for the Knowles, is up right now 
Um, base hit could tie it. So we'll see and kind of keep talking about as it goes on. Uh, <laughs> golf advances to the NCAA championship, finishing second in the Palm Beach Regional. Um, also had a player, was it Roberts? Is that right? One, yeah, Bert Roberts. The, Shout out to um, him, yeah. Won the individual championship. So big stuff there. Women's out of 80 golf. plus golfers, big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Really, really a strong push by them late. Uh, as Culp strikes out. And he shot a 74 on the first day. And real quick, TJ, I know we'll talk about the ladies who, who advanced again to the national championships, but I, I loved, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the whole Trey Jones interview, but he loved the fact that golf at Florida State is under one umbrella, men's and women's. So mm -hmm. they share assistance. And he said, you know, we have assistance out with Coach Bond in Arizona right now, and they're going to stay out there until our guys get out there for the men's tournament. So they have an, an added advantage advantage oh my god all right, i can't speak advantage um which is awesome because they'll have assistant coaches that have been out there for 10 plus days that trey jones came out there with his team and say hey tell me what's going on and they have a huge bonus there um awesome so shout out coach bond shout out coach trey jones and we're really excited to see what uh the women's team finishes with and the men's team does coming up here at um greyhawk in arizona yeah, women are currently sixth um, nice. at the NCAA championships. Um, they advance yeah. to the fourth round of um, – this is stroke play, right? Yeah, they advance to the fourth <laughs> round of stroke play. Um, and then the top eight uh, after tomorrow will advance to the match play tournament. Currently in sixth, shooting 23 over. Um Eighth place is at 28 over. So they've got about a five-stroke lead of, of being yeah. safe. It's need to be five strokes better than, Well, the top know. 15 advance, so they're going to advance regardless. Well, they're it's advancing today. at this point, yeah. No, so, so okay, so here's how it goes. They advance today to one more round of stroke play, and then yeah. the top eight after tomorrow advance, and it goes to match play. So they need to crush it tomorrow. All right. Well, they just need to stay. Yeah, I mean, crush it would be great. No, crush it. Let's crush in, it. <laughs> if they finish in sixth or stay from six, to, you know, they need to finish top eight, which they head into the day with a little bit of a comfortable lead. It's yeah. not a done deal by any means, but they should, you know, with a with a good day, with a day like today, they they should be fine. So we'll see. We'll see kind of how they finish up, but it'd be awesome for them to advance to match play. Um, rough week for baseball going 0-4. Um, lost Tuesday and Friday on bat on on uh Walk off home run. So they were this close on Tuesday and Friday, Saturday or Tuesday and Thursday. Um, Friday, Saturday got a little bit ugly for the baseball team. They play on Wednesday and Thursday against, I think it was Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Is that right? Notre Dame Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Sure. Oh, was it Virginia? Notre Dame and Virginia. You're right. Notre Dame yeah. and Virginia. Um, need to win both of those to advance to the semifinals. Um, and then uh, men's and women's tennis have folks competing at the nationals as individuals. Both of their seasons have come to an end, but um, Anna and Petra are competing as doubles. Petra's competing on the individuals. And then Loris for men, the men's team is competing uh, as an individual as well. I'm going to go be depressed about this softball game unless we come back and walk it off and win late. Um, we're in the sixth inning down a run against Mississippi state needing the win to keep the season alive, Cat Sandercock pitching to Mississippi State. 
needs to obviously keep them from scoring again so that it's only the one run that we have to come back. If not for a base running error last inning, uh, Florida State would have uh, tied the game at least, wow. potentially scored. So a little bit of a gaffe there, but have I think um, I think it's like 9-1-2 and two coming up in the next inning. So see how the top of the lineup does, see if Sydney Shero can de- deliver heroics one more time. Uh, no pop-ups. I don't think anything crazy happening this week. So we will see you guys again on next Sunday. Richie, do you have anything before we get out of here? Um, I only shout out Tiger Woods, man. Like he made the cut, gave his best on the round three, and he had a withdrawal. Like I watched him Friday. I'm like, I think he might make the cut. No chance he can finish this tournament. And and he didn't. Um but as a guy that grew up in the 90s watching golf, Tiger Woods, awesome. I loved it. And shout out B. Kepka Tracker. He flew from Australia to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Got a picture not only with Brooks, but also with Brooks's caddy. Um, shout out B. Kepka Tracker. I know he listens. And we'll, we'll get him on here shortly again. Um, but he flew from Australia just to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. TJ, if you're going from Australia to a major, is Tulsa the place you're going? Well, you probably can't get in at Augusta, so you know you got three options. But uh, and then the other ones, you know, what the other ones on another continent. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I guess you only really have two options. Shout out BK Trapper. So. Either way, but that was awesome. awesome. When I saw that picture of him, I was like, oh my gosh, no way did he get that pig. So that's really cool. Hey, instead, I, I want to get the tracker on again, but let's just get Brooks on instead. So that'd be my. Uh, anyway, we, we, the tracker might be able to deliver Brooks. Let's see. I was gonna say I was just, I was just on the phone with Coach Jones, so <laughs> maybe I just get that. So. Good stuff. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Go check out the rest of the softball game. Check out doublefriesnoslaw.com. We have daily content for you there. Shout out Guthrie. Shout out um, Garnet and Gold. Appreciate their support. We will see you guys next Sunday. Go Noles.